Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 12, Episode 7, titled Madonna, the Unauthorized Rusical. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one material girl. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... You are not a virgin. To Taylor... <laughs> the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Doing okay. I, I uh, got up late this morning, but I'm, I'm, I was here. Now, what I want to do right now, let's talk 30 minutes about the coronavirus and uh, <laughs> scare the shit out of people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that sounds like a grand <laughs> idea. <laughs> Uh okay. Uh very good. By the way, uh if you you know if you're if you're not on Patreon, you missed a whole 30 minute just between us girls segment where I talk about how far I've been shooting. You know. Yes. Uh and I'm not talking about guns, wink. But um a but, certain type of gun maybe. Yeah. I don't know the names of guns. I could make a little a little gun joke. Uh and, a pearl handle pistol. Yeah, a pearl handle pistol. One of those guns that in the in the old days, like when a woman in, in the old days carried a gun in her purse. I don't know what those and are a called. A clutch purse. Yeah, and a little clutch purse. She out. I I got you. You see, you're not gonna get me. I go to jail. See, you know. It only holds one bullet in it. <laughs> Did they only hold one bullet? Do you know about guns? Uh, no, no. But I know somebody mm-hmm. who has a um has a necklace. Mm-hmm. And it has a gold. It has a uh, a gun, like mm-hmm. a like a gold gun on the as as the pendant or whatever. Mm-hmm. And apparently, it actually shoots and holds one bullet. Oh, weird! It's it's in a case of extreme emergency or something. You can t- I don't know. I don't know if that story is true or not, but yeah. I do know somebody that ha- supposedly has one. It's weird. Uh, anyway, uh, we had a whole thirty minute segment, and uh, if you listen to that, go to patreon.com slash afterthought media. And uh, join at the premium level to enjoy all that content. But for now, Taylor, this week, the, girl, the queens record vocals and perform choreography to Madonna, the unauthorized musical. On the runway, the category is Night of a Thousand Michelle Visages. Gigi Good wins her third main challenge of the season, while Britta lands her third spot in the bottom two. After a lip-sync battle for her life, Britta was asked to sashay away. Taylor Delante Boy, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. I have never been a real fan of the Rusicals. Mm-hmm. I know that we had Trump the Rusical and Share the Rusical mm-hmm. in the past. Kim Kardashian, the Kardashian, the Rusical. I think the Kardashian, Kardashian was the, the first one, wasn't it? Okay, yeah. So this is our this is our fourth one. I really liked this one. Mm-hmm. I thought this one was. I mean, is it something? Will I go buy the single or the song on iTunes? No. But oh, shade the rusical. We've been corrected. Shade the rusical. Yeah, yeah. But I actually really enjoyed. I thought that the the lyrics were actually pretty good. I thought that just about everybody nailed the look to varying degrees. Um, so it was it was definitely one of their better ones. Mm -hmm. I uh, the other thing that I liked was I loved the theme for the runway. Because it was so Jersey mm-hmm. and so Michelle Visage. As much as we talk about Michelle Visage is a bad actress, I genuinely think she was surprised with this. I I think she didn't. I really think she didn't know. You can roll your eyes all you want, but this one in particular. But I, at the very least, she seemed to genuinely enjoy watching everybody come down the runway in the various outfits. Oh, that so, she did. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, but I I thought the runway was was great. Um, the thing I did not like, and I think I a lot of people agree with this, was the wrong person won. I really think that this was, and this feels like everybody kind of got the rug pulled out from underneath them because I think all of us were expecting Jan to win. Mm-hmm. So for Gigi to win was uh, shocking to say yeah. the least. And I'm, we can talk about why we think that she won later on. I, my fear is that this is going to deflate Jan some, and she's had a hard time kind of pushing through um, so I'm wondering if next week her performance and everything won't be as good because she feels like I did this. This was what I was supposed to win. And if I can't win this, what else am I supposed to win? And you can see that you could see that even even just in the split second when she said you're safe, you could watch the hamster starting the wheel spinning as far as getting in her head. So mm-hmm. I didn't like that. Yeah. Um, that those are my two things I liked. The one thing I didn't. What about you? First of all. Thank God, this Brita is gone. Well, yes, I've, I've, you know, because of the rumor mill, I've known this for weeks, and it's, I've had to bite my tongue, you know. Okay, but um, now I can finally talk, and I'm so glad. And our, our audience is probably sad because they're gonna miss, you know, when she goes home, she goes home better than anybody else. Because I'm from New yeah. York City, and when we represent, I go home better than anybody. You know, they're gonna miss that voice. Yeah. But um, oh, what happened? Nothing. Oh, I thought I heard a rumble there, like you were doing her voice. And no, so, I was starting to, but then oh, I couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> oh, so thank God this Brita is gone, right? Next. But I expect to come back for All Stars. Every time I'm out, they I'm, pull me back in. I'm not going to be able to have an All Stars without don't forget, Brita. I'm going to be there for the reunion, whether there's any, whether there's one or not. I'll be there because I'm from New York. I'll put on my own fucking reunion in my apartment. And they're all going to be there. I'm going to send my boys to grab yeah. all of them. This crystal method <laughs> and this this Dahlia Sin, even though she was only there for one fucking thing other than the broccoli. And they're all going to sit on the fucking stage with me and yeah. tell me how goddamn great I am. Yeah. And if they don't like it, they're going to eat a fucking gun. And everybody, know, everybody knows I loved this Aiden. He's a real good guy. You know that you all that you saw it. Yeah, I love right. Right, that is. I don't so, have to. Oh, I don't have to open my sport jacket coat to show you anything yeah. in there, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, the next thing is, I did not realize, and I know people have said this in the chat room, and I was like, "Ugh, what are they talking about?" This Jan. I do. Yes. What's, Taylor, what's weird? It's weird. Your voice sounds weird. What happened there? I'm eating a protein bar, but I keep muting. But then you said that. But I've been saying that forever. That Jan is a cute boy. Jan is a super cute boy. The eyebrows are fucked up. But yeah, if it's Jan the eyebrows. That, eyebrows. It's the eyebrows that 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 make me not think she's a cute boy. If she just fix her fucking, if she just grew normal, just grow your eyebrows out. Or even I don't know why. The little partial Valentina ones, and then she draws the rest in. It's the right here that's important. You know, I'm sure everyone should know I'm I'm, I'm covering wh- what she and so like Jackie has that, and Jack. So Jackie, you don't notice as much, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but she does it all. So then it she she looks like my grandma, like p- penciled in. But when she's yeah. in that rehearsal, Taylor, I 
Oh, in the shorty shorts and the black socks? Yes. When she yeah, was... that that definitely is a, that's a very sexy look for me, too. Yeah, I was so turned on when I saw this chain. <laughs> I hate when you do creepy Joe voice. I hate when you do creepy Joe whisper. I'm just so turned on by this. <laughs> I want to shoot all over her. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. You know? <laughs> Again, a joke nobody is getting. Okay. <clears throat> Bree, Bree in the chat room mm-hmm. says why I like this. J- Bree says that Jan has nice thighs, and I'm all about the thighs. But they're not so, hairy. It, but it doesn't matter. Thick thighs? Thick thighs are, you know. But she doesn't have, like, Rockham thighs. Rockham's thighs were the ones I would very much like to wear Rockham's thighs as earmuffs. But Jan has very pretty, pretty thighs. All right. Very good. Uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> what did you not like? Wait, Bree wants to know, no broccoli last night, huh? Nope. No broccoli. No. Um, for the first... No, but no. I feel they did show it like in a clip, though. I feel there was like a weird... Maybe like in a preview or something like that. I could be wrong, though. Um, yeah. What I didn't like. I'm with you. I feel... it. it look, sometimes I feel like the editors... Uh, telegraph their own thoughts about things, and mm-hmm. I think this is one of those episodes where they telegraphed that they also disagreed that Jan was that Gigi. They disagreed with RuPaul, and they felt Jan should have been the winner. The way she was, she got a winner's edit, so she may not have yeah. won, but she got a winner's edit. <clears throat> I thought she delivered. I think she should have won. And, and, and Gigi, here's the other thing, too, is the show tries to pretend they don't do this shit, but they do, where they, they, they do look at past performances. And at this point, Gigi had already won twice, been in the top already, and Jan had been, Jan has been getting, like, the Candy Ho edit, okay? Yeah. For those not in the good, Candy Ho was a contestant from season seven, I believe, and, uh, yes. and she was unceremoniously just sort of ignored on the show and and, and barely a presence. And she's sort of been getting that edit on the show. And here we go. Here's a chance for her to break out of the pack. Um, And uh, she is sort of being ignored on the show. I I don't know what it is. Because even Crystal, who has virtually no presence on the show, virtually none, is... Getting a very like loving edit from the from the show. Oh, you know what I want to talk about right now? Hold on for a second. Hold on for a second. Because there's no other place. There's no other place to do this. Let me do it right here. Breaking news: Joe Batanz has a conspiracy theory about the announcement of Celebrity Drag Race. Okay, I have a conspiracy theory. Okay. I feel celebrity drag because they're saying that they're they're saying that they're they're pushing up the release of celebrity drag race because of the quarantine and that people want to give people as much entertainment as possible. Mm 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 mm, honey. I don't think that's what it is. What have I said? I have said that um, right now at this stage, when there are uh, uh, you know a number of queens, it's easy to hide sherry pie. Okay. I don't know if it's easy, but it's easier because there's so many queens, you know, so like they can just go to yeah. a bunch of different queens. But as we whittle down the qu- number of queens, okay, it's going to get harder to hide her until she's, uh, it, until it's if eliminated. and if she is eliminated, right? And so they need to hide her, okay? So I feel it premieres April 24th, okay? Yeah. 
That's around the and by the way, and also not after the show, it's gonna be in between the show and Untucked. Yeah. So they're showing Untucked after, which is bizarre. What a weird choice. Okay. Yeah. I think it's because it's, you know, it's happy and fun. And it's four and it's they literally it's the last four episodes. So it's gonna run for the last four episodes, they're gonna run celebrity drag race. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's to be like, look over here, look over here, look over this shiny thing. Don't notice cherry pie, you know, because they're gonna, yeah. there's gonna be no way they can hide her anymore, you know. It's gonna be more obvious, and yeah. so um, I think it's a shiny bright object to distract you, and then hopefully you don't stick around for Untucked, you know. And by that, or yeah. when you do, you have a better set, you have a better feeling about Drag Race because I, I don't know, I feel it is there. What are your thoughts on that, Taylor? Well, because I just saw that Untucked isn't going to be on till like eleven o'clock. Because this this celebrity drag race is an hour and a half. It is. That I saw that somewhere. I saw that on somewhere on Twitter that it's gonna that it's gonna be like a ninety minute that they were planning on having it fill the ninety minute slot that drag race normally does. Three and a half hours in one night of drag race is way too much. The yeah. level of unprofessionalism far well, too much. Well, I think Lori's supposed to do Celebrity Drag Race anyway, so that relieves you of that. You know, I don't feel Celebrity Drag Race is as important. No, as, I know that, but know. I want to watch Untucked. I don't want – and I'm not going to – I'm clearly – I'm going to watch Celebrity, which I think that they're just kind of assuming that people are going to have my attitude of like, well, if it's on and I'm already sitting here, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know. I, I It could be. I mean, I think that it is – my thought initially was when I first saw it, I thought they were going to – I didn't realize they were going to show regular episodes and then not because my conspiracy theory was they want to try to push out where they want to take a break in the middle of the season and they're going to show this hoping that quarantines get lifted and they can have a live finale. Because do you think that's a possibility that they'll go to the bottom four and then they'll say, we'll do the finale when everything is up and running? So that way they can have the big – where they it's kind of almost like a – you know the fa- the the family gets together, meaning all of the list, all of the audience, and all of the other queens that get together get together in a big theater. That would be tricky. I don't know if it's going to happen. I really don't because L.A. just extended their uh, stay at home quarantine until May fifteenth. That's really right up against when they would do the finale. Yeah, uh, and we, they might extend it even more. We don't know. They're even yeah. into the summer. I'm thinking they may be able to. I wonder if there there will be a lift on businesses. And they make what's funny, they can only really do it two places, LA or New York. And New York's worse mm-hmm. in LA. Okay. Yeah. And um, where they may do a, if they, I think the best we're going to get is a reunion style finale where all the queens are together in a studio. I, I think there's no audience. I think there's virtually no audience at all, if there's an audience at all. Do you think if they brought everybody back? Mm hmm. That they would do they, – they could modify it to where they take the top – well, uh, they take the top four queens and if they film in the set that they normally film and tell them, bring your finale looks, we'll record each of you winning and then on the last episode we'll, – the last episode will be a reunion and then – but we will show what we filmed, what we added to the, to the last – the final four. It'll have to be something like that. I, don't, I mean, I don't see what else they could do. Or or they yeah. delay it. I mean, I don't. Because here's the deal. I mean, this is poor season 12. It really is. Yeah, it's yes. Like, it's like, so now because they're so embarrassed about the sherry pie and the quarantine, they're trying to distract even more from the ending of, of season 12. Because now everyone's going to be focused. Look at all these big drag stars and 
these celebrities forget the man behind the mask, you know, behind the curtain kind of thing. And then yeah. immediately, immediately after I'm talking the next week after the finale of Drag Race, they go right into All Stars Five on Showtime. Yeah. So, cuckoo bananas, Taylor. Cuckoo. Bananas. So it's I mean because so so the queens of this season twelve they've all been kind of there's been this shadow over the season, mm-hmm. but then also none of them are getting to do uh, viewing parties. Nope. They're not able to book gigs Mm-mm. in other cities. Nope. They're not get, and now there's a chance that we won't even get a live finale for them. Which and the thing that sucks about that, I mean, there's multiple things that suck about this, obviously, but that this is a really strong group of queens that I, there are very few of them that I would not pay money to go see if they came to my town. So you know, the, so honestly, hopefully they will get the love that we all want to give to them mm-hmm. after this is all over and they start being able to go because even you know, at this point, I'm assuming for us at least, even though it's at the end of June, that Pride is going to be canceled. So, oh, Pride's already a lot of have, Pride. I think LA Pride, like a lot of Pride events are already canceled. Right, and I mean ours isn't until the end of June, so I think oh. that they, we haven't gotten an official announcement for that. But I, you know, so even then, like that's the big money maker for a lot of these queens of where they're running all over the country getting money too for this. It it's it sucks for our season twelve girls. I really wouldn't mind if WoW did like an all star seat instead of all star six, if they brought back the top eight or ten of season twelve and just had them do a do over. Well, you know, obviously minus a certain person, you know? Yeah. That person being Britta. But um <laughs> <laughs> But really bringing back the top ten and going like, let's do a redo. You guys get another shot. Yeah. You know, you know, and you, know, and, and you, you know, don't bring back. You know, you don't the bring other back thing. The, go ahead. Is it just me? Yes. Or is this season bring, going oh, really fast? It's going really. The fast. The season's going really fast compared to really other fast. ones where, like, by this point, we are like, oh my god, you know, yeah. it's, this is usually this is by episode really seven or eight. You and I are like, oh, <laughs> there's still another <laughs> we're, month. We're, we're, going, we're the Evan noise. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> usually, you're right. You're that's a very good point, Taylor. Usually by this point. Uh, we are like, um, uh, yeah, (laughs) on episode eight. Uh, okay, let's, it's, let's get back into it. All right. After Aiden's elimination, Heidi confronts Gigi for criticizing her makeup. Widow feels stabbed in the back by Jackie. Britta and Sherry. Oh, sorry, I read that wrong. Widow feels stabbed in the back by Jackie, Britta, and Sherry. The girls apologize, but Widow doesn't feel like they're being genuine. Widow tells the top queens from the last challenge that she hopes they fail at the next challenge. Let's stop right there for a second. Let's have a discussion point right there because it's weird going moving forward. What were your thoughts yeah. on the, this moment that Act 1 at the top of the show? I have a lot of thoughts I, here, actually. Uh, yeah, th- this is really the thing that I thought the most about as far as you know, content for our mm-hmm. show, as far as talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. it. I think... That you have situations in which, and a lesson I learned a long time ago was just because you apologize for something doesn't mean it goes away. Yeah. And it feels very much like with Heidi and with Widow, they are both still in their feelings. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. even Widow even says that I'm going to be in my feelings for this for a little while. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Gigi, there there was, I feel a certain way. But then there was also a slight level of pettiness, more so in Widow than with, than with Heidi. 
Okay. Um, whereas at one point, I think Gigi handled herself really well in saying, look, I didn't mean, I didn't mean, I misrepresented myself, that sort of thing. And I apologize. I would never call you ugly. I would never, you know, you are, I, I really respect you and I'm sorry. And Heidi kind of cuts her off. And even though Gigi's clearly pissed about it, she knows just to keep her mouth shut that she's not going to give them the where I'm going to try to defend myself. The, the, the pettiness comes in where Gigi says, I respect you as a queen. And Heidi says, I respect you too, but I lost respect for you tonight. Mm-hmm. There's something about that that just feels a little stinging. Mm-hmm. And I can understand I can understand Heidi's point of view with that. But it there's something about that that at this point just both of you just be mature and go okay well i respect you too i but i'm not i'm not happy with you right now i've lost mm-hmm. respect for you tonight is a little little harsh but i also get why heidi would say that the difference is with widow when sherry and jackie were were talking they weren't one they weren't talking specifically at widow they were talking at everybody and this everybody. is kind of brought up they were this is kind of brought up in Untucked as far as because it's Sherry and Widow were one of the safe ones, and they have a conversation about this. Where at one point Sherry says, You know, you were safe. It's not like you were one of the bot we were talking to the bottom girls. We weren't talking to everybody, and you were you were one of the safe ones. And you kind of see Widow do this like, oh shit, she's right, sort of thing, where she kind of gets she kind of gets lost for a minute. But but so the difference is, I think, there that they weren't specifically coming for Widow, but Widow took it personally and also widow seemed to desire ill will towards other people you know and again it's not what you say it's how you say it i think she was saying i want you to feel what it feels like to be questioning yourselves because you've been really strong contenders up to this point but to say it sort of in a way that made it sound like i want you to fall at a dance competition which is not what she said because I watched I watched the preview a couple of days ago, and then because because Jackie at one point says something along the lines of, you know, we, so I can't believe you're saying you want us to fall, you know, it just there was something about that that just seemed really gross. And you also <laughs> figure that Gigi and Heidi that was really kind of the only time that was specifically brought up, whereas they kept shooting to um, Widow making all of these like you know <laughs> everybody's going to have a hard time dancing, all this kind of stuff with all of their issues. Um, and it was just, it was not fun to watch. The Apollo lie thing, I don't know that, I don't think Gigi was lying. I think that Gigi just recognizes that she said something shitty. Um, I can't really speak to Sherry and Jackie, but I don't think they were lying either. I think they were just trying to have a conversation. They were trying to get airtime. Well, I mean, I feel those are two different conversations. First of all, let's talk about, at the top of the show, <clears throat> Britta... Uh, a racing. This is someone and, and a cast too. Not Britta's not the only one here. It's a cast of people not realizing. I don't. Do they not realize what they were saying on the show? Always assume the editors are going to show you when they can at your worst. So Britta yeah. erasing the lipstick and uh, saying, "Oh, we love Aiden and stuff like that." I'm like, were you not at the Untucked episodes where you guys had big fights? Like. Don't yeah. you know they're going to show that? Like, and how fake you're going to look? Like, look, there's a part yeah. where I do admit, like, they're going to shape things the way they want. But there are some very obvious moments you know are going to make it in the show, and that they were intense, and that they know that you guys had a fight. So you seem really fake 
really, really yeah. fake. And by the way, the cast too. The rest of the cast are like, "Oh, we love you, Aiden." And I think someone comments in a Talking Head confessional that widow, widow, like bitch is what you all were coming after, coming for her, and um, and now you're all like, "We love her," and I, I don't understand what the, it's really weird. Now, I, here's the deal: is I'm actually not entirely clear on why Heidi is so upset with Gigi. I will mm-hmm. say that. I mean, I know Gigi, but it's not anymore. I, I, maybe because she recognizes Gigi is such a front runner. So for Gigi to uh, critique her makeup was sort of stinging, you know? Yeah. But I don't really, I don't even think in the initial conversation that Gigi was being harsh or I, I, I don't understand. I'm really not even clear why. Heidi is really even upset. Um, so it, it doesn't really make any sense to me. And so, and and, and when Gigi, when Gigi apologized, it felt, and we'll get to the other ones. It felt genuine. It felt like I am so sorry mm-hmm. that you know I was just trying to help you, kind of thing. And um, but uh, yeah. Now let's talk about you. You talked about widow. Um. I feel that they're starting to shit. Widow's going to be then. Britta's. See, I already knew Britta was leaving. So, uh, Britta's leaving. So, we need to start setting up the next villain. The next yeah. who we all rooting against. And so, I think they're putting Widow in that position. Uh, of, okay, now she's the next one that we have to, like, you know, set our sights on as being sort of mean and bitter. Uh, yeah, because she came off as really bitter, really mean in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I don't even know. And going back to the Sherry, what Sherry, Jackie made some really good points. She, they were talking to everybody. And I don't know why she took it so personally. And I don't know. It just it just seemed very, very weird. All right. Well, moving the, on. the thing yeah. that sucks about it is they're both right. That, you know, going back to Snatch Game, that this mm-hmm. is the one that you can prepare the most for. But also, there's nothing to be said. There's, there's no way of knowing when you're suddenly going to have that mind go blank moment and you can't remember anything about the character that you've been studying this whole mm-hmm. time. You know, Snatch Game is a very tense, anxious, you know, mm-hmm. you, you got to be off the, off the top of your head. You have to remember all these things. So it makes sense that Widow or anybody, we've seen multiple queens over the, over the seasons that have just gone blank and they don't know what to say. It happened. It could have it easily has happened to Sherry and Jackie. Um, you know what, Taylor? This is a perfect point right now to take a break. So you know what? We'll be back right after this. And we're back. All right. The next day, there's tension in the workroom before Rue enters to announce this week's Maxi Challenge. Now, for this week's Maxi Challenge, you get to pay tribute as you star in Madonna, the unauthorized musical. Now, each of you will portray Madonna from a different iconic moment in her epic career. Work. First, you'll be recording vocals with the world's foremost Madonna expert, Michelle Visage. And then you'll strike a pose with a man who has choreographed Madonna herself, Jamal Sims. All right. Uh, after in the workroom, the queens are left to their own devices to cast the roles. Uh, first, we have uh, Jackie uh, for herself chooses boy toy Madonna uh, before pretend that you haven't seen 
the rest of the show, Tale of the Latte Boy, pretend uh, it's all just um, you, you, we're watching it live. What were, what would you think about Jackie as a boy toy Madonna? Well, uh, I would probably challenge that a little bit just because she seems she seems a very wholesome queen, whereas. When you look back now, Madonna, the boy toy, where she wore the wedding dresses and stuff like that, now it seems very uh, charming compared to <laughs> compared to the way that she eventually got with like the sex book and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I, those, there is a disconnect there that I don't know that that would have necessarily worked. Yeah, I wonder why did she did she choose it right off the bat, or was that I don't remember that one. But now Jada goes sexy Madonna. Of course, Jada's always doing the sexy thing, but and, and, yeah. and Heidi makes a good point. Is like she's actually kind of really bad at it, you know. Like for Jada focusing on the beauty, there's a lot of times the beauty queens aren't good at being the sexy queens, yet they equate the two. If that makes any yeah. sense. Um, yes. But there, you don't have to be beautiful to be sexy, and I think she and you can. You know, and just because you're beautiful doesn't mean you are sexy. Um, Widow as the vampire Madonna. Would you have cast Widow as the vampire Madonna? Was that a smart choice? Yeah, I think that the vampire Madonna is very a very strong in your face kind of personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, partic- well, all really all of Madonna's are that, but particularly that one is a very striking. She kind of comes at you, and I could see Widow playing that mm-hmm. role. All right. Um, next, uh, Jan is pressured to take the role of early Madonna. Oh, you remember that? Like, she didn't know what she wanted. Like, oh, do early Madonna. And she goes, I don't want to go first. And then she reluctantly takes the role. And we see she, she crushes it. But yeah. um, what would, would you have put? Where would you have? What did Jan want? And where would you have put her, Taylor? Uh, I think Jan probably could have done well as uh, what was Britta's? The, I know it was Express Yourself, but what was that called? Empowered. I don't have that information here. Actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, Widow with the Express Yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the express yourself look with the ponytail and the, the bustier. I think Jan could have done really well with that because that choreography, the blonde ambition, express yourself choreography, it, it she could have done really, really well. There were definitely more intricate dance moves to that as compared to the. Uh, I'm sorry, breaking as compared the, to what she did, where she just second. kind of bounced around. Breaking news: Britta was cone bra Madonna. Yeah, okay, so Cone Bra Madonna, I think she could have done well with that. I also think she could have done well with Gigi's mm-hmm. as unapologetic Madonna. Yeah. I think that that could have been a good one for her, too, because those both had very intricate dance moves that she really could have shown off mm-hmm. her work. You know, the, the the early days of Madonna, Madonna just kind of, you know, kickball change, kickball change the whole time, where she just kind of, like, you know, clunked her ankles together, moved back and forth with, like, everybody and, like, Holiday. She just sort of dances around. There isn't really choreography to that, per se. Uh, Heidi was spoken rap Madonna. What were your thoughts on that? Would you have put that there? That is... I, yeah, I mean, I think she did a good we're job. We're not there. I what are you talking with... about? We haven't seen that yet. Okay. I think that she could do a good job oh, okay. with that. All right. Very good. Yes. That now, is one of my least favorite parts of, you know... Of Madonna in general? Of Madonna, yeah, yeah. Madonna in general. Crystal is given the role of enlightened Madonna. Uh, Crystal, so what did you think of... What did, what, would you have cast her in that? Pretend we haven't seen yes. it. Yes. 
Yes. Oh. For the reasons they talk about, we feel like you're kind of hippy dippy and that this is sort of Madonna's hippy dippy phase. So that makes sense that we would give that to you. All right. Movie star Madonna, Sherry Pie. Seems right. Seems right. Seems yeah. very right. I mean, for somebody who's very big, dramatic, kind of sort of that Broadway sort of and it, and makes it, sense. I will say, and the editor seemed to be showing this too, it seems a lot of times that Gigi is the one who takes a back seat. Wish you would take the back seat. But anyway, uh, why are you making that weird face? Because you're weird. Go ahead. Anyway, uh, but it seems like a lot of times Gigi gives up what she wants for other people. I didn't that happen also in another acting challenge or something. She didn't want a certain role, and then she was like, "Okay, I'll take this other shit role because you want that." I feel like that happened one other time. But here she does that. She decides to play. Um, she wanted to be Cone Bra Madonna, but she ended up being unapologetic Madonna. Would would you have let? Did, was that cast correctly? Was the right choice made there? Yeah, I think so. I mean, she was talking in the beginning about intricate dance moves, but as we've seen, she definitely knows how to dance. Where she did a backflip in the one mini challenge. Mm-hmm. Um and definitely knows her way around a, a, a stage or dance floor. So I guess I guess that I guess that will work. All right, very good. Uh, let's go to com- uh, let's go to the recording. Actually, the recording session. Uh, composer producers Eric Paparazzi and David Benjamin Steinberg join Michelle Visage for the recording. One by one, the queens record their vocals. Jan gets praise for her singing voice. Dreda struggles to be sexy. Jackie tries too hard to be cutesy. Britta does her deep voice. Gigi doesn't know who Patty Lapone is and struggles. With her nerves, Taylor, your thoughts on the recording session? Go. When they told Britta to use her boy voice, I could feel your eyes rolling from across the country. Because mm-hmm. I know that that is a trope you do not like. I don't like it. But we also know it's something that Madonna, uh, RuPaul apparently finds to be very funny. Well, also, there's a... No, but actually, in this case, I'm okay with it because... If you remember, but it's not in the it's not in the radio edit, but it's in like a different edit of Express Yourself, where they really emphasize the uh, on your own, like there's the the deep guy voice in the background. Yeah, uh, and I think Michelle realized that was like, oh, that would be funny if you also did not only Madonna, but the guy who does that deep voice. Um, in the in express yourself. So in that case, it was sort of funny because it was, was paying an homage to express yourself. So there was no eye roll. There was an eye roll about something else. When they here they go, they force Jan, like we said earlier. She was like, I don't know if I really want to be unapologetic. What, what was she? No, yeah, uh, early Madonna. Early, early Madonna. Early. I don't want to do that. And they're like, oh, you gotta do it, bitch. Just do it, you fucking bitch. You fucking cunt. Just fucking do it, right? <laughs> And then she's like, okay, okay, leave me alone, right? And then... Her grabbed her by her shirt collar and said, you listen to me and you listen yeah, to me really Yeah, you're listen here, you Madonna, and You're going to smile the whole fucking time. Yeah, you're you're going like to like it. to eat shit. You're going to do it with a smile on your face. You, you got that? Me? You're, not gonna, you're from New York, too, and you're not going to give a bad image to New York, all right? I'm here to make sure of it. I was sent here by Mayor Bill de Blasio to make sure you don't fuck this up. And if you do, you're going to be singing with the fishes. I'm the queen of New York, and if you want to stay in my court, you will do what the fuck I say. Do you understand me? You understand? Why are you crying? Why are you crying? Madonna doesn't cry. (laughs) (laughs) There's no crying in Madonna. Anyway, um, 
So anyway, they they force this role on Jan, and then Jan goes up there and crushes it, and Widow's like, ugh. Of course, Jan's crushing it. And I'm like, right. bitch, you guys forced this on her, and then she crushes it, and now you're mad at her. I looked at that as they they all realized they did a fatal mistake in letting her go first. When they, when they showed Widow's confessional, it was more like a "What the fuck were we thinking?" Letting her go first because she's gonna she's gonna kill it, and then the rest of us have to follow her. I didn't look at that as a I did annoyed. I, I didn't look at that as annoyed. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I'm telling you how I looked at it. I look at it as annoyed with uh, the rest, the group being annoyed with themselves, not annoyed with Jam. Mm. Also. Michelle, obviously, reading the notes and whatnot, so nice. She wasn't usually when Michelle's in this, like, directing role. She's always, like, the very, like, the no. And you would think yeah. of something that's personal to her as Madonna. She would be so fucking nice. The the scene that she had with Jada where she was trying to walk Jada through the Justify My Love type lyrics mm-hmm. i thought was a very where she came over and she kind of she coached her so it was really more of a coaching not just a directing yeah you're right and it was it was a very nice moment to watch because you're right we don't <clears throat> normally see that we either see super super fake or mm-hmm. mean yeah and with this i thought she was i thought i thought it was she she seemed she seemed to be enjoying herself watching this and i think that's that's part of it because again we have a group of really good queens mm-hmm that there isn't re- there isn't really anybody that was weak per se, so it's just everybody needed some tweaking to get their to get their characters in order. Uh, someone in the chat room, I know who it is, but uh, says Michelle has been much nicer since she got her implant removed. I, you know, I think um, it's this thing where I think as they've had these drag cons and she's met the fans and she said more and these meet the meet and greets and stuff like that. And she's interacted with the public more. She's learned that they appreciate her as a motherly figure more than yeah. as a fucking Simon Cowell figure. I think when she first came on, she thought she would be the Simon Cowell. And yeah. I think as she's met the people and realized and, the, and she's gotten to know the drag Queens that she's become more maternal. So I think it's been a slow thawing of the ice where she's had more fun with it and feels she should still be cu- she's not cunty on the judges panel so much but it's like tough but like when she's with them she's much more maternal than she used to be yeah. um, <clears throat> I think she's sort of realized her role um, any other thoughts on the recording session <clears throat> no yeah it seemed like a pretty non-eventful cor- session let's go on Jamal Sims is back. Widow struggled with a knee injury she got from her lip sync. Jan picks up the choreography very quickly. Jackie has trouble moving her hips. Gigi's nerves get the best of her. Heidi shows she's a skilled dancer. And Britta just cannot do the Roger Rabbit. Your thoughts on this choreography session, Taylor? <clears throat> the whole thing of where for the first 25 minutes of the show or however long we're talking about how in a dance competition, I'm going to slay it, I'm going to slay it, I'm going to slay it. And then suddenly the first thing they show, Widow can't get down on one knee because of the because of the injury was good to me (laughs) where, and it was particularly the the, the picture of Jackie where she just kind of gets the smile on her face during the confessional was, it did make me laugh. Um, I think if you're going to talk this up, you know, show that you can do it. And within the first time of her going, you know, Oh, I'm going to bleed all over the floor and I can't do this. I had an injury from week one and all Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. It just kind of, Maybe we're not as great as we think we are. Mm-hmm. Um, it also kind of annoyed me. It annoyed me that 
he immediately kind of did the which it annoyed me and i appreciated at the same time of where he said well then maybe we'll change your dance move or where you'll just kind of pretend to sit versus everybody else where i'm like does that mean she's the only one that's going to be doing that and i noticed in the finale they didn't necessarily they uh nobody really did that one dance move he was talking about um so but i was a little like okay is that that's not fair but then on the other hand i think if that's something where todrick was doing that (coughs) and if todrick would be like well bitch i guess you're gonna bleed all over the runway and that would be the end of it and then we wouldn't have liked todrick for it so get ready for a rant yeah against this todrick hall this jamal sims who has real credits is a real choreographer i mean amazing credit they they kind of downplay his credits he is so good I am, when I when she said Jamal Sims is back, I gave out a little cheer. I was by myself, yeah. but I gave out a little cheer. I'm like, Cause, yeah, because he whenever they have real choreographers like him, Travis Wall, whenever they have, notice that when they have these choreographers are when the person can't do something, they say, okay, well then let's try this. I remember I had a really good personal trainer at one point mm-hmm. who um, at some point I had some sort of like. Um, injury i can't remember i hurt my back or something like that and there was a a, a, a move i said well yeah, i don't feel comfortable doing that because i hurt myself i don't remember how i hurt myself and she goes okay well then let's do this and she already had an alternative for how it wouldn't affect where i was injured and so i think yeah. that's the sign of a good anybody trainer in anything you know whether you're a dance a choreographer whether you're a personal trainer where you're an educator when you can flip to make the person to work with their weaknesses rather than against them where this horrible todrick hall i don't like this todrick hall okay i hate him what yeah i don't like this todrick hall no i don't like him and in fact let me tell you something he did this thing the other day and i didn't talk about the rumor mill because i'm so sick of this todrick hall where he he went and did a uh, in the in the quarantine he made an i wouldn't call an apology video because he didn't apologize where he just gonna like he's gonna explain to people how the business works and why he doesn't pay people he can go fuck himself he should pay people what yes this todrick hall what a horrible human being garbage todrick hall's a garbage human being I don't like him. And yes, you're right. On this show, if Widow would have been like, my knee is bleeding, which they're right. They're like, bitch, your knee was bleeding in episode one. It's, 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 we're on episode seven now. Even in the terms of the show, they're like two over two weeks away from when they started. Okay? So yeah. your knee heals. Calm down. You know what the thing is with this Widow? And now I'm on a rant. You see, I'm already all heated at Taylor. Is That's fine. This thing, like, it's the same thing with the Kennedy Davenport, right? They're amazing club dancers and they kind of do they do their thing in the clubs, but they're not trained dancers. And I'm not saying one is better than the other, but there is a and that's why Jan excels. She went to a Broadway musical theater school. She's taken dance classes. She knows she's a trained dancer. And uh, so she could pick up the moves, right? She's like, I know how to work with a choreographer. Whereas someone like a Kenny Davenport or Widow Von Du, where they're more freestyle dancers, uh, they're not, that doesn't mean necessarily translates to the, to, the, to the choreography. So she gets there, and all of a sudden he's like, quick ball change, uh, shuffle off to Buffalo. I don't know. what I'm just saying words. And... Um, She's like, I don't wagon know wheel Watusi. <laughs> yeah, wagon wheel Watusi, and you know she, uh, she's like, uh, and she gets nervous, and she's like, my knee, right, and not realizing this Jamal Sims is a trained choreographer, and he's like, okay, well your knees hurt, now let's try this. He because he's so good, he's like, okay, well that's not gonna work, and in his head he can go, like, well let's do this, let's you know, it's like jujitsu, you know, he's gonna take the person's yeah. energy and then shift it, and it's the and um and uh, the coffee's kicking in, and so um, 
So, uh, and, it, and that's why you're right. In the final product, you're seeing that every single person who came in, he said, okay, this is what I want. Let's see what we can do. Okay, you can't do this. You can do that. Okay, well, then let's work with it. Let's fix it. And let's make a product that's good rather than trying to embarrass him on the stage. Fuck you, Tondra Call. I hate you. I don't like you. And uh, I hope Taylor Swift leaves you as a friend. We don't need you. Thank you. And this Taylor Swift attacking Kim Kardashian. This Kim Kardashian, who I can't believe I'm defending Kim Kardashian. She could, who, why would she ever care about this Tondrick Hall? Thank you. Okay. It's, oh, did you have anything else to say about the choreography? No. No. <laughs> It's Elimination Day. The, the, the Queen... The, the Brita... Th- the, oh, hold on. I, I will say something. Okay. The Brita thing dancing with the goofy hat backwards and stuff like that was kind of funny to watch just because she's just so not, you know, on her... Good on her feet. But... Um, yeah, but there was otherwise... a weird little... There was a weird little class uh, dig that Brita... This Brita, she cannot... She can't get away with just being like, you know what? I wasn't my best. I'm not the best. She's like, well, Jan, she went to a really ritzy, expensive private college. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I picked up on that, too. That that, that was like, that kind of sounds like a read, even though really you're just kind of, you're complimenting somebody's skills without realizing it. You know, they're training. Well, she's complimenting, but she's going, well, of course they're good. They went to expensive theater school. Well, I'm sure this fucking theater school for kids who are qualified had scholarships. A, B, there's something called student loans, which I wouldn't take for a musical theater school, but whatever. And then, can you imagine being hundreds of thousand dollars in debt so you know how to dance to uh, uh, high button shoes or the pajama game? Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Okay. okay. That's it. All right. It's Elimination Day, and the Queen's return to the workroom to get ready for the runaway. Britta feels pressured to represent New York City. Heidi tells the others about her gay uncle who died of AIDS and her struggle with being bullied at school. Crystal talks about her close relationship with her parents and her father's Parkinson's diagnosis. A lot going on on this Elimination Day. No special Britta Elimination Day. Did Britta ever have an Elimination Day mirror moment? Ever? No. Well, th- there's no reason to. She-, she has a charmed life because she's the Queen of New York. I, the Queen of New York, let me tell you, the hardest day ever in my life is one time I blew someone's brains out in the back of a car. So we had to drive to a guy that looked like Quentin Tarantino's house. And then, um, uh, what's the name of that guy? He came over and he cleaned up the whole car. He looked a lot like Harvey Keitel. Thank you. He looked like Harvey Keitel. <laughs> Harvey Keitel came over and he uh, he cleaned up the car. Anyway, he solved people's yeah. problems. Um, and then we went to a diner afterwards. And these two right. assholes tried to hold at the diner. And then we walked out. And nothing was in the right order. Anyway. Right. <laughs> Taylor, I don't even know where I'm talking about anymore. Uh, your thoughts on this Elimination Day? Um, the uh, Again, with Heidi talking about her uncle who died, um, died of AIDS, it's another example of that intergenerational, like we kind of talked about with Gigi last week, as far as that, the, the younger generation finding people in the older generation to be their mentors, to be their friends, to be their allies. Um, and it was there was a tragedy to that in that she didn't really have that mm-hmm. growing up, you know, beyond once once he passed of of AIDS. Um, the crystal moment with Parkinson's disease. I don't know if you know anyone with Parkinson's disease. Um, I, I had to work with people at end stage Parkinson's disease for hospice care. Parkinson's is a horrible, horrible disease. And I truly felt for crystal 
to because seeing seeing somebody that she loves as much as her dad and someone who it sounds like was super supportive like her dad and to watch his world get slowly get smaller and smaller is I felt for I wasn't sure I thought when they showed before the commercial they showed Crystal crying a lot and kind of doing the um sort of thing and then they started the conversation about HIV and AIDS, there was part of me like, oh, God, are they going to is Crystal going to reveal that she's HIV positive? Mm-hmm. You know, if that's what the mirror moment was going to be. Yeah. Um, so I was it kind of I was not expecting the Parkinson's uh, conversation. But I, I feel as though either either way, Crystal is somebody who we've had conversations in our house as to who is going to win Miss Congeniality. And there were uh, there's somebody else that I feel as though has been in the running for it. But I'm starting to wonder if Crystal is working her way towards becoming Miss Congeniality. I really feel for somebody that I really did was very, very underwhelmed at with Meet the Queens. I'm definitely falling in love with Crystal, um, Crystal Method over the course of, of the season. And this is just another example of somebody that I really I've come to really, really appreciate her aesthetic and appreciate who she is. Um, let's talk about the uncle that died of AIDS. You, you know, uh, one, he looked more like Elta Barge than Crystal did, but two, um, he did. I know, but okay, <laughs> go ahead. And two, uh, it you know, it, it's one of those things where it was important. That's a, it's a good a good story to have because I think I feel like. You know, even my generation feels sort of disconnected from that uh, uh, generation of people who went through the AIDS crisis, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and it, it's funny. I don't want to dwell too much on this, but, you know, Dr. Fauci himself has made comparisons to, you know, the AIDS crisis that happened. And now, uh, you know, we, not only as gay people, but straight people and people who weren't there get to sort of feel the sort of panic and worry and anxiety that the gay community was feeling in the early 80s when there was this yeah. disease striking down people. Now, now coronavirus is not a death sentence the way AIDS was then. But, um, yeah, if you can imagine, like, you just don't know what to do, you know? And, and it's like, and even less was understood about it then. So how frightening, If imagine what you're going through right now times 100. But, um uh, and so it's good, I think, to bring that kind of intergenerational thing to show how it even has effects on people even today. Uh, on the in terms of the Parkinson's thing, I do. It's what's really odd is I have a friend, a very good friend, who moved his, his straight guy moved his. Well, my friends with his whole family, so uh, two friends. You know, the husband, his father had late stage Parkinson's, and in two thousand and thirteen, for what he thought was going to be being there for you know the last days of his dad's life to kind of help help his mom deal with his father passing away from parkinson's moved his entire family to maine from california to be there you know it's gonna be a temporary thing mm-hmm. not saying this is a good thing just last week his father passed away seven years later he's been there for seven years and yeah. in that meanwhile his mother passed away. Uh, oh. Yeah. About a year ago, the mother passed away. And now the father passed away. And uh, But, well, yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where, like, I know firsthand from all the, the anxiety and depression he was going through to help your father. <clears throat> 
go through something like that, someone that you see is so strong, it's very, very hard. And, and you know, Crystal has a long road ahead of her. Um, because, you know, what's, what's funny, not funny, what's odd is I know people with a, a, a it, it, I had this uncle, I've, I made this comparison, I don't know if I ever made it in public, but I made this in private to my family. I had this uncle who, if you would have seen him walking down the street, healthy as a horse, right? And one day yeah. just dropped dead of a heart attack, okay? <clears throat> and that was painful. But I have some friends who have parents with MS or now Parkinson's, and they live, I mean, they've had it for years. It's hard on the family. And they both, one's in his well into his 80s, and the one that just passed away was pushing 90. So it's like, it's not even one that, t- I mean, you live with it for a long time and it's very painful. Yeah. So uh, on everybody, it's hard on everybody. And uh, uh, my heart goes. And it's one of those, it's one of those diseases like ALS and stuff that it doesn't get, when you realize that something that you've lost the ability to do something, it's not like, oh, well, it'll come back in a couple of, no, you're just, you're just that much further. It's a, it's a slow decline mm-hmm. over time. It's, it's, ALS is another one that was, a, a, ALS patients that I worked with that had, Lou Gehrig's uh, I was usually pretty shook when I would leave their house because I would just think to myself you know I I don't want that to be me yeah. one day uh, you know um really quickly just to correct me did I say that it was Crystal whose uncle was gay because it's in chat room I did I, I met Heidi uh, yeah um just a, just a little bit of a correction there um you know too much dark talk let's talk about something happy uh fuck Todrick Hall all right there we go <laughs> It's just too much, but you know, it's it's a uh, it's a thing. Um, all right, Taylor. Um, let's do this right now. Actually, Taylor, I, I you know I forgot to mention this last week, which is um, and it, it's been mentioned on the rumor mill, but I don't I don't maybe there are some people who don't like rumors. They don't listen to the rumor mill. Is uh, because of this coronavirus drama and the quarantine. Uh, some of a lot of us are locked at home and just are desperate for content. Now, this is not, believe it or not, this is not going to be a Patreon plug. I mean, it is a Patreon plug, but not in the way you think. Everybody should know that I've I've released to the general public over at patreon.com slash afterthought media a lot of shows that we did the pre-2020. So, like, uh, a okay. lot of our content, remember when you and I did the lip sync thing, the best lip syncs with Evan, and um, the Sydney Gaze is on there, Finding Prince Charming is on there in its entirety, um, all the pit crew, I think, is on there, a lot of, like, okay. all this co- uh, content that was just a af- uh, Patreon exclusive in 2019, 2018, um, a lot of it is now available for free to anybody. To the general public, mm-hmm. all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia, and there's a lot of so much content for you to get for absolutely for free. No need to sign up for anything. You just got to go there, and you can download that content and listen for free while you're locked in your house. All righty? Okay, all now right. let's move on to Madonna, the unauthorized rusical. Taylor, your thoughts on uh, that? I thought it was great. I thought it, I thought it was really good. <laughs> yeah. Rephrase that. It's definitely the one that I've enjoyed the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also part of me. I, growing up, was a huge Madonna fan. Okay. So shocking. I I know the... What did you say? It's shocking. Yeah, shocking. Um, so I know the styles. I know mm-hmm. the songs. Mm-hmm. 
the references that they were going through. Um, and I thought that the lyrics were actually some of the strongest lyrics that they've had. Uh-huh. Where they were able to incorporate so many Madonna song titles into the into the lyrics. Um, I appreciate the fact that they all sang, mm-hmm. some of which that's in Rabbit Ears, as compared to where they just have the one woman who does the, you know, women of herstory. The, the oh, yeah, they have that same singer. The yeah. one woman who just changes her voice to be all the different people. Yeah. Uh-huh. That they, that's actually their voices. Um, and I don't know that there was necessarily... Even the ones who were in the bottom were mm-hmm. still pretty good. This was mm-hmm. definitely a episode of which the queens, ha- the the judges had a hard time. Mm-hmm. I would assume the judges had a hard time picking who was going to be in the bottom other mm-hmm. than for purely political reasons. Um, what were your thoughts on it? Your general thoughts on it? You know, I, so I've often it's been since uh, you know four or five years ago we lost not because he died he's just a crazy person Lucian Piani right he had uh-huh. a parting of ways with the show and since then whenever they have these things I've been like you really I've always been like oh you really feel the loss of Lucian Piani here yeah and not that I wouldn't have been interested in what he would have done but I will say whoever they found for this one came pretty fucking damn close to capturing sort of the spirit and the fun and the lightheartedness. Maybe the lyrics weren't exactly there, but they definitely captured the sort of feel and the bounciness and the airiness of the music. And it was catchy without being derivative. Well, no, it's meant to be derivative, but it was able to... to, um, to pay an homage to that style but yet be its own thing and catchy enough to like listen to not th- you it didn't make itself known as a presence because it was so horrible you know and yeah. so i think they did a, a very whoever they got they did a very very solid job kudos to them was it the greatest thing ever were there any earworms no but it was passable right. it was fine it was good and i think i think the thing was good i i um do i long for the sort of humor i think that's one of the things we miss of the older lucian piani stuff um. Yeah, but it 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 was fine. I don't. I don't. I I didn't hate it. Well, it didn't feel cheap. It yes. felt like some of the jokes and some of the other things felt very very cheap. Like yeah. I and it never went dark. Like I kind of remember at points with the share one that it went to, like after Sunny died and stuff that it went that it went dark for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, it just kind of she it just talked about the different ways that she. There is a weird dark line where she talks about how she's outlived Whitney, Michael Jackson, and Prince. Okay, yes, that is that. All right, that, <laughs> that is the weird. one. Okay, yes, that, that is that is one that I kind of went. Ooh, that's not. That's <laughs> yeah, not that was weird. Um, but. As far as it, it seems to it seems to genuinely celebrate mm-hmm. Madonna's life versus shares. It felt like it just kind of told the story of share, yeah, and not necessarily in a celebratory way. Yeah, was there were there any standards for you for the best one? Um, I'm trying to think, go through them really quickly. I thought that Jan gave a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. I thought that. Gigi did a good job, but I feel like Gigi did a good job primarily because Gigi had the the flips and the and the dance movement. Okay, had it just been just the basic open your heart choreography, mm-hmm. I don't think she would have done as good. Um, trying to go through really quick to see who the different ones are. Uh, 
I thought Heidi wasn't necessarily all that bad. Mm-hmm. I I think that Crystal definitely leaned into the comedy aspect of it, and that's why she did as well. She did in the top three. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I would I would say, and and Jackie's was. I get why Jackie was in the bottom. I I, I get because oh. there, there was a there was a like cutesy aspect to it that was just had she figured out a way to be more sensual in it, I think she wouldn't have been in the bottom. But because she sort of did that, she she was a little too cutesy pie. Yeah, with the with it that 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 was kind of was like that's not who Madonna was at that time. Okay, Taylor, very good. Well, then now it's time for. The looks. the looks. Oh, wait, I haven't gotten the look thing right yet. Okay, hold on. That's why it's always in the wrong volume. All right, here we go. Okay, today the category is Night of a Thousand Michelle Visages. Um, Taylor, we're going to do the looks. Now, once again, remember, we are um, going to do... You have only the length of time that the person is on the screen. Remember that. You only have the length okay. of time that the person is on the screen. So, when you're... And I'll, I'll call out who the person is. Okay, so, so as soon as I call okay. it out, you're ready to go. Okay, here we go. Alright. Here we go. Alright. So the category is A Night of a Thousand Michelle Visages. Uh, oh, by the way, RuPaul looks phenomenal. I, my breath Ru was looked amazing last night. All right, first up... Jan. Jan is doing the Glamazonian Airlines look. uh, Very pink with the black hair and the cunt cap, as it is called. The little side cap with a a rolling rolling suitcase. She looks great. She looks the part. She looks very Michelle Visage. And I loved loved Jan in black hair. I thought it was a really great look for her. All right. Well, look look at you until you want to go on. Because she's all... Anyways, the... The she's next got big coming. boobs and and she definitely spangled her uh, her top. She had a little bedazzle. And, Jackie and, and Cox. It to it. Jackie Cox is wearing an outfit from an early season with a bustier and big ruffles. She has a dog collar on or a little chain collar, big black hair. They talked about how detailed and the details of this, the devil is in the details kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she definitely pulled that off. I thought it was a great look for her. It kind of, it, it definitely, she kind of leaned into the, into her normal look, but in a Michelle Visage, very Jersey strong way, and I loved it. All right, next up, Gigi Good. Gigi Good is wearing Michelle's costume from her Soul System video for It's a Lovely Day from the Bodyguard soundtrack, track nine. I did not like this look at all. I thought it was very basic, um, and it really kind of doesn't look like the outfit. The bottom part <laughs> doesn't look like the outfit. Um, I feel like it was the comedy of Gigi getting her nails caught in the inner hair and stuff that really kind of saved her and took her over the top as far as the looks go in the top three. All right, very good. Next up we have Britta. Britta, Britta came out in one of Michelle's finale looks uh, with the with the glasses. And I think that the earrings were side kind of that was sort of splitting hairs as far as they weren't the right type of earrings. However, I thought she looked like Eveline from The Wiz in this. Um, just that it did not necessarily do great things for her body shape uh, and the hair. I was I was not a fan of this look, even though Michelle says it's one of her favorite gowns that she's ever worn. All right. Next up, we have uh, is, no, is J- uh, Jada. 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 Jada came out in an outfit again from the judges panel with the big icon 
uh, icon necklace and the big hair. I thought she looked beautiful. I thought that the look was great the with the big tits and the spiked shoulders. I thought everything about this was really good, that she definitely looked to the part of Michelle, and you could tell that it was a Michelle Visage-inspired uh, outfit. All right, very good. Next up we have Crystal. Crystal. Crystal Method in an outfit from RuPaul's original talk show on VH1 back in the 90s. Uh, I feel like this is where she almost took the devil outfit from the first episode that she was on and glammed it up, and it shows a transition to this new look like you know the, the devil look was almost the before whereas this is the after i thought it i thought she looked beautiful i like crystal with red hair i like that she is taking their notes as far as the makeup i feel like we're seeing more and more of crystal and i like that all right next up we have the widow von du you would think i would like this because it looks kind of wonder woman inspired but mm-hmm. this is not a good look for widow i i don't get widow pulling the pants up over the stomach which she seems to do a lot with dresses and pants almost like an empire waist it looks cheap and it accentuates all of the wrong parts of this big girl's body um i also thought the hair the wig very flat and the color of it it's almost like a peachy orange not red so it's very distracting Not a good look from Widow tonight. Next up, Heidi in Closet. All right, Heidi coming in uh, in an outfit inspired by uh, Michelle on The Only Way is Essex. Um, It it was okay. It was just sort of a very basic outfit, and the hair was way too big. I get that we're trying to over-dramatize, and we're kind of doing drag, but it was distracting. All right, very good. And those were... The looks. the looks. All right. Very good. Um, on the main stage, uh, Sherry, Jada, and Widow are named safe. The top three of the week are Gigi, Jan, and Crystal. Gigi Good is awarded her third maxi challenge win of the season. And the bottom three are Heidi, Jackie, and Britta. After the judges save Jackie Cox from the bottom, Heidi and Closet and Britta are left to go head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for their lives. The song, Madonna's Burning Up. Which, let's stop right there. Do you, they won't. They go all this way. They won't pay for the right for a better song. Or do you think that the record companies just say no? It could have been. It could have been both. I know that Madonna songs we talked about, even though they've done Vogue in the past, they've done Vogue and music. Yeah. In the past, what song would you have done? Express yourself. Yeah, express yourself would have been a good one. What is your favorite Madonna era, if you have one? Well, I, I've talked about this on many times on the show on different shows i was at the avita premiere okay i went to the premiere of avita. yeah that's a whole story and i sat about probably 12 rows behind madonna but i saw her in that it was the first time she was ever seen in public after giving birth to lourdes yeah. and she was in this crushed red velvet uh dress it was like form-fitting with like a a veil and she just looked phenomenal you know yeah and i would say Maybe that look. I like that that movie star Madonna Avita look. It was a good one. Um, I think I think there was also something very fresh about boy toy Madonna. Yeah. But, um, maybe those are my favorite looks. Why? What are your What's your favorite era of Madonna? Blonde Ambition, the Like a Prayer, uh, Blonde Ambition tour, Breathless Mahoney where she had the very short platinum blonde. Um, She was in her early to mid thirties at that point and seemed Mm -hmm. super confident, but had the experience to back it up. Um, 
it just felt that to me is my favorite. That was when I was in high school. That was, I have very fond memories attached to the Like a Prayer album. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah, the cassette I like that. I, I like had. the area of, area of Like a Prayer. Yeah. And I just remember the beginning of, not the beginning of the end, but I definitely, I was not a big fan. I was mm-hmm. not a big fan of Erotica when it came out because it just felt very gritty and dirty. And I was used to the very polished Madonna. Mm -hmm. But when you listen to that album, the erotica album, like a lot of it really, really holds up as far Mm -hmm. as really great music. Mm -hmm. And then I got to the ray of light version of Madonna. And I loved that there was a maturity to her music and a maturity to her lyrics that I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And I've been very, very hit or miss with Madonna ever since and lately these videos she's doing for the the quarantine and stuff are just so fucking weird and it feels like the only time you ever seem to hear her of, as far as musically is if she is collaborating with somebody that is younger whether it's justin timberlake or or Nicki minaj or somebody like that like it seems like she's very much like she's she's trying to hold on to something that she's it, it's sort of like it feels like people are sort of starting to like laugh at her yeah sort of thing like okay we get it i know she did a thing where she tried to like kiss drake on a stage one time and really was sort of he was like taken aback by it and i there's parts of madonna now for like the 16 year old girls yeah yeah it's it's i the last album of hers that i really really enjoyed was confessions on a dance floor and everyone since then has been one that i've there's parts of mdna that i like but for the most part, a lot of it to me is just kind of garbage. All right. Very good. Britta leaves it all on the stage, but ultimately can't survive her third lip sync of the season, giving Heidi and Closet at least one more week in the competition. Taylor Lonte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? Uh, we don't want to leave it on the dance floor. G- give any notes you didn't get to give. I would say mm-hmm. for having started off with a really strong lip sync this season, a lot of the lip syncs, and as far as these strong queens go, a lot of the lip syncs have been sort of lackluster. Yes, this I season. Agree. There hasn't been anything that has been really, really great. The first one was and really I good. Think that's what I'm saying. The first one, and mm-hmm. then otherwise, it's been they've been all sort of like, okay, well, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, um, this. I, I think had Britta not been, neither one of them was great, but had Britta not been so bad mm-hmm. <laughs> that I think it would have, I think it there could have been the potential for a double elimination here. At yeah. least just on the, just on the lip sync alone. Mm-hmm. Plus Britta also did this thing that it's so reductive to use, mm-hmm. to use a word of at the end where it's burning up and she's at the end. It's almost like she ran out of tricks. So she's going to do the whole thing of like, where my pussy's on fire kind of thing. And it's yeah. burning up. And it just felt so like, Oh, you went for the obvious joke. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, Britta was doing that. I feel she did it in one of her other lip syncs where they're like, they're like that, that, it's her, like, and maybe it's a go-to drag move. It's like a dance move where she, like, takes her hand and, like, pumps it and then moves forward. And I was like, we, bitch, we've seen that look already. We've seen that, that move yeah. already. You have a bunch of different moves. And she also seems to lip sync for the back of the room mm-hmm. of where her mouth movement is just way too big. with just like, choppa, 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 choppa kind of thing. It's not, it's too much. <laughs> 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 please tell me somebody screen captured that because i want that to be my picture when you call from now on. i want that to be my contact for when i get phone calls from you <laughs> you know what i'm doing there actually have you ever seen the it, it really is a gay horror movie 
for so many reasons, and it's, it should. It, I don't. I don't think it's known as a gay iconic movie. Have you ever seen Sleepaway Camp? No, oh. no. I I would never watch movies like that when I was a kid. Oh, Sleepaway Camp is so campy and so great. But I don't want to give away. There's a very th- weird spoiler ending. But at the end, the last shot is. I'm not going to say who the person going like. Yeah, and that's what I was doing. Springham says, Sleepaway Camp is my favorite. Yes, the ending is completely insane. Cuckoo bananas, so to speak. We should do a live Sleepaway Camp. Should we do that? A live no, sleepaway camp? we should not do a live Sleepaway Camp. No, I don't like slasher movies. I don't like horror movies. Yeah. It's so dumb. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor, it is so dumb. You would be fine. It is so dumb. It is so, so dumb. So, so dumb. All right. Uh, and a couple of things. Um... It seems like uh, uh, Sherry Pie is the Elimination Day Whisperer. They're always going to her to introduce like whatever sad stories. Sherry Pie is the one that um, is the one that uh, brings it up. Um, Michelle Visage, uh, 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 I'm going to disagree with you here, is the worst fucking actress. And so RuPaul's were doing a night of a thousand Michelle Visages. She's like, what? Oh my god, what? How about I wanted to believe that was true? That she was surprised? No. Uh, and then, um, Gigi looks, looked so much like Ivy Winters on her, uh, on her, on her look. And then also, why with Jan? I mean, Jan should have won, but she was so pissed off. But, you know, we could, yeah. an argument there. All right, well, any other thoughts on what I just said? I know your coffee's here, so let's, when you want to wrap up the show? <laughs> to everyone, everyone, Taylor has yeah. been really sly, but he get I heard the buzzing, and then he's, like, looking at his phone and looking at me. And so, uh, why don't we wrap this up? Because unless you have any big thoughts on what we had to say there, Taylor. No. What did I I, I say there? Repeat it back to me. Repeat my points back to me. (laughs) You think Michelle Visage is the worst actress. Yeah. You think that Gigi Good looked like Ivy Winters. Okay. What was that last one? All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's... That's that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 12. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself. Express yourself. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dragracerecap. If you want access to more Season 12 content, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Twitter and Instagram at Taylor. Follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. The theme song was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. <laughs>